So hello and welcome to Quiz Your Biz, the bi-weekly show where we interview people to find out about their businesses and experiences. Uh, the top tips and inspiration on running their own business and to learn on other topics of interest. Uh, have a listen today while I interview Robert Terry uh, from The Humble Entrepreneur and Nationwide um, uh, Ventilation uh, Limited uh, as well about their own business. If you any previous episodes, um, please tune in to the podcast that can be found if you just search Quiz Your Biz on your podcast app or go to quizyourbiz.com uh, where you should be able to find all the information, all the videos about all the back uh, issues we've done and everything else. Uh, at the end of this interview, uh, Robert Terry is going to be giving us the top tips on his sales since being in business for the last 15 years. Uh, so looking forward to seeing those. Robert, good to see you. Hey, hey Dan, you're right. It looks like you've definitely got a better location than what I have as well. So. <laughs> Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Only a little beach <laughs> in the background and 28 degrees weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got, we've got about 19, 20 degrees and a little bit of sun, but that's about it. So, <laughs> so it's not, definitely better your end in terms of temperatures. So, lovely. Yeah, just saying we're, we're heading back today, though, so I'm sure that all the rain and the snow will set in uh, the second we land. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it will be. Trust me, it'll be a shock to the system when you land. <laughs> Uh, so, Robert, I know a lot of the people on the different forums that this week is being shared to will already know you. Uh, yeah. For anyone that doesn't, can you tell us who you are uh, and what you do? Yeah, certainly. I'm Rob Terry. Um, I've run a, run a few different businesses, three or four different businesses, actually. But the main, the main business is actually uh, Nationwide Ventilation. And uh, that basically what we do is we design, manufacture, and install commercial kitchen ventilation systems um, right away across the UK. We've got our own factory that it's all done from um, based down in Kent. Um, 11,000 square foot factory with all the machinery and, and the welding plant and all of that sort of stuff in there. So um, we've we got um, a number of different customers that we deal with from sort of KFCs, Taco Bells and people like that. So um, it's really the sort of, I suppose if you look at in your house, you've got a small commercial. You're frozen from my side. I don't know if that's my Wi-Fi or your side or just the system being the system. Uh... <laughs> Nothing. I had a telephone call come through at the same time there, so it just kind of all just disappeared. Oh, okay. So, uh, right. That's good. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're all back alive now, hopefully, so that shouldn't happen again. But yeah, yes. so basically, um, we, we, we deal with um, with sort of um, commercial catering kitchens, the larger side. So in, in your house, you've got a small, um, probably a little cooker hood. Um, we do the same thing as that, but on an industrial size scale for sort of pubs, uh, large commercial kitchens, that kind of thing. So the canopies we make here can range anything from sort of over a metre long up to 20 metres long, so for food factories and that kind of thing. So kind of the big sort of heavy, dirty, okay. smelly stuff. <laughs> that sounds like a bit of a niche kind of business to get into, and I'm sure you didn't maybe think of doing that as a kid. Yeah, actually we don't, I guess. Well, no. When no, they they're going to be a ventilation... No, to be fair, I, I started in the business just um, just as a contract draftsman. So um, that, that's kind of where it all started. I was um, I, I booked out my last job by telling the boss to go poke it where the um, sun don't shine. And then said, right, I'm going to go off and do a bit of contract drafting, which is what I did. And uh, started in, I think that would have been about 2001, 2002, doing it in the ventilation industry, learning ropes and that kind of thing. And then sort of went on from there. And then eventually... <laughs> 
Um, I ended up where, where I was formerly working for, um, we ended up doing a management buyout, me and the, who is my business partner now, um, and no money down management buyout with the, uh, mm. with the former owners. And then we, um, then we just sort of built it from strength, from strength to strength. So, I mean, we're, we're fortunate to have an incredibly good customer base at the moment. So um, we're dealing with the likes of um, Taco Bell now. Taco Bell in this country are quite small at the moment, but they're planning on opening, I think it's something yeah. like 50 to 60 stores over the next sort of two to three years. So we're currently working wow. on... Must be a massive contract for you guys. <laughs> well, let, let's put it this way. But, um, the, the group we're working for, Cascade Catering, um, who, are over, who, are, who are doing franchisees and all of these, they've just got £30 million worth of funding um, from the HSBC Bank to open these 50 stores. So from our point of view, it's, yeah, it's quite a nice big contract. I mean, we're, we're currently doing about... Uh, I think we've got five on the go at the moment, five Taco Bell stores we're doing at present. So um, four in London and one down in Portsmouth. So, so yeah, it's, it's quite, quite nice work to be in. Nice. So, yeah. Keeps you busy, right? It, it keeps us very busy, yeah. So, yeah. Well, you said you had some other businesses as well. So uh, as well as the Nationwide Ventilation, yep. um, I know you've got your podcast and you're doing a few other things as well. What, what other things are you working on? Um, the, the, the podcast, we've just, um, I've just sort of in the last sort of few months started the Humble Entrepreneur podcast, really sort of born out of a, a need to put myself personally out there a bit more because, I mean, I've, I've done the usual sort of thing in terms of, I mean, we, we used to do a lot of work with Mitchells and Butlers who are a big company that do, uh, all, they own all the harvesters and all by once. I could stand in front of a board of um, people, um, the, the sort of board at M&B and present to them and sell to them, that kind of thing, no problem. But in terms of just doing something like this to sort of, a Facebook Live or something like that. It's a little bit out of my comfort zone. So I thought I'd start it nice and easy with a humble entrepreneur because there's no camera, there's no other people, no other faces. You're just talking to a microphone. Yeah. So, And there was a bit of umming and ahhing about what to do, how to start it and that kind of thing. And um, my former business coach, who I had at the time, she always said to me, look, you've got to get some of your knowledge because we've been in business since 2005 now. Um, so she said, you've got to start trying to impart some of your knowledge back into the, uh, back into the world. Um, so that, that's kind of what I'm trying to do with it, and uh, sort of, I'm trying to get a few people on board, I and mean, we've got a couple of um, people that we're trying to get on board at the moment to get some interviews with, um, so I've got some feelers out there to, to get some interviews done with them, and um, some fairly big people that we're associated with in the catering industry, so, um, so yeah, so it's, it's really just a case of, it was started off as trying to get myself out there a bit more, um, and sort of push myself out of the comfort zone, so sure. to speak, so. For me, I find it completely the opposite, to be honest. So I find it really hard to talk into one of these things and to come up with the content and have no one else to bounce off. And you can, with the live release, you can just be there talking to people and have questions asked and things rather than needing to uh, just produce this content out of nowhere. So uh, I find it like completely the opposite trying to yeah. produce something like that. Yeah, I mean, it, for, for me, I don't find it too difficult that way because there's, there's nobody else, there's no pressure from anybody else there. So, whereas you probably, you find that you feed off the energy from the other person, so. Definitely. Um, so, is there other businesses you're running at the moment as well? Yeah, we, we also, alongside the actual, um, the main um, ventilation business, we've got a side business set up that spins off of that, which is uh, maintenance. Because what we do, we manage our own, um, we manufacture our own um, odour control units. Now, what these odour control units do is basically stop the smells. So when it discharges to atmosphere, you don't get the cooking smells. Now, once they're done and installed, they obviously need maintaining. So we've now set up our own business running around, looking after and maintaining that as well. Um, basically a sort of, um, just, just really a maintenance business for going around the server installed. 
Um, and then on top of that, I do actually run my own um, uh, sort of coaching. You, you break up a little bit for me, Robert. I'm hoping everyone else can hear it. It's my <laughs> Wi-Fi. Yeah, could could be. It's, I'm, I'm down in the um, down in the ballroom downstairs as well, so it could be a little bit waffy at my end, to be fair. So let's hope everyone else is hearing it, okay? Can you still hear me, Dan? Am I still coming through? Okay, to you? Yeah, yeah, I'm still get, still getting still getting you come through to me. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it still seems to be going, so uh, we'll see if we can carry on and see if it gets any better. Um, yeah. uh, so can you tell us one interesting fact about yourself that not, not many people know? Um, another interesting fact probably, <laughs> probably about me that people don't know is um, I'm actually um, an amateur boxing coach, uh, fully qualified um, England amateur boxing coach. Uh, spend three nights a week in our local um, amateur boxing club, which is through ABC and Kiddies. Um, boxing skills. So, and we've wow. actually had um, we've actually had out of our stable, out of our gym, we've actually had three national. So, on the younger side, on the uh, children's side, and I think we have one on the uh, on the senior side as well. So, so yeah, so we we, we do a fair bit of um, fair bit of scampering around the country, uh, going to competitions, that kind of thing as well. So, and the, the level of coaching that we do, um, we are fully qualified to um, take up to um, sort of Olympic standard of boxing. So. Do you fight much yourself? <laughs> Not anymore, but only when I was younger. No, no. To be fair, I haven't actually. Um, I was never actually. Um, never actually a boxer. Um, what it started was my kids started. With, my kids joined down there, and I was spending three nights a week down there with the kids doing the boxing. Um, so I, I decided in in the end that I'd spending so much time down there. They turned around and said to me, "Well, why don't you come on board with the coaching side of it?" So. Um, so that's what I did. So I've been doing that. I've, kids have been going now for about eight years, um, and I've been coaching now for for four years. So, oh, great, good stuff. Um, so with with your business, obviously your main one there, uh, the ventilation side. Uh, yeah. Why would someone use you instead of other competitors in the same line? Um, probably because we do the full package, and everything's manufactured in the UK. Um, a lot of people in our industry now are actually what they're doing is they're shifting a lot of the work out of the UK, um, so they'll get their canopies manufactured in Poland, uh, they'll probably get their ductwork made locally, um, but they'll get canopies manufactured in, in Poland. Now, that, that's all well and good because the labour's nice and cheap, that kind of thing. The quality is a bit, bit of a miss, shall we say, but what, sure. we, what we do is um, we, we've got a very good standard of quality, so the customers come back for the quality, it's a really, really high-quality product. But what it also means is because we manufacture in-house, we can turn around um, a product or a full system within a very short time period. Whereas they could be waiting six to eight weeks to get a canopy delivered, we can have one manufactured in two to three days. And um, very much so, when we, when we started off early in, early in the business, that, that was what we was doing, how we was doing it, because um, we did a lot of work in pubs. Now, pubs, they don't want to shut their kitchens for too long, because all the time that pub's shut, they're losing revenue. And so... Um, some of the pubs, yeah. one of the pubs we did up in Cheltenham, it was turned over 85 grand a week just in food. So to be shut for two, three weeks, six weeks, even longer, is a, is a huge, a huge mm -hmm. trunk of the bottom line. So that's why we really got in fact, like with the uh, with companies like Mitchell's Butlers, like I say, they used to do harvesters all by ones, things like that. And in one period, I think it was in 2000, 2008 or 2009, I can't remember, in a three-month period, we turned around 65, 
um, 65 full cubs for them in that period. So, yeah. and obviously they were sort of just uh, getting there, get the system built out, new system back in there. So it, it was quite a quick, quite a quick turnaround. I mean, we had sort of five or six pubs going out a day over over sort of a, a 90 day period. So, so they 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 tend to come to us purely because we do what we say on the team. And um, like I say, the, the time oh, lead, yeah. time scales are a lot shorter with us than other people. So. Sure, I guess if something goes wrong, then you can kind of be there pretty quick to, to fix it when it That always happens on a Friday night when you've had a few beers and you've been down the pub, you get a phone call at 11 o'clock on a Friday night and someone's going, my fan's just gone down, can you come and sort it out? <laughs> Unfortunately, not tonight. But no, certainly if anything did go wrong, um, obviously we can get kits made and get shipped up to site. So it, it just makes it a lot smoother installation. We actually do a full installation where some people will manufacture canopies, some people will manufacture ductwork, and then some people won't do yep. electrics and all other bits and pieces. Whereas we do the whole whole shooting match under one um, under one umbrella, so to speak. So. Great. Okay. Uh, next question is when? What is the next launch or the next thing you're offering uh, right now? I guess uh, maybe that's more on the podcast side. You might want to pop a link to the podcast somewhere. In, yeah. Yeah. We'll chuck a link down there. Um, yeah. Basically, what yeah. we're going to be doing um, uh, probably just after the tenth edition, tenth uh, episodes release. What I'm going to probably do is a competition, little competition, just to um, get some people to listen to the podcast. Once they've listened to it, try and get some reviews for it. So. Not entirely sure yet quite what format I'm going to go to, but it will be like a, the first sort of 10 people that give a review. Obviously, it's got to be a good review because we don't want them, don't want them crackers. But obviously, it's... <laughs> so, so the first sort of, say, the first 10 people that do that will um, um, will get, a, I don't know, an M&S voucher or an Amazon voucher for £10, £20, something like that. So that will probably be the next one on the, on the Humble Long Trip. Yeah, have you got any kind of special shows coming up or anything particularly interesting on the on your podcast side? I'm, 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 I'm trying to get one, and um, we actually did um, a company, everyone knows the company, I'll, I'll say it, because it probably is, it's, it's kind of the one that I'm aiming to get, is uh, Ben Francis, who runs um, Gymshark. Now, Gymshark okay. is the big, the big global brand. We've just finished, their, their new HQ's just opened up, and um, we fitted out all the kitchens in there, so it was, it was quite, an amusing, hmm. quite an amusing thing, because Ben, we're all there in the site meetings and things, and then Ben turns up on his, literally turns up on his skateboard. We've all turned up in cars and things, and he's come skating along on his, uh, on his, on his skateboard. So, so that he's one of the ones that I'm trying to get, um, trying to get involved um, on the podcast, trying to get an interview with. But at the moment, he's such a massive brand that it's, it's, it's sort of jumping through a few hoops to try and get to speak to him. So. Of course, yeah. And Gymshark, if I'm thinking right, they do a, like a, a line of clothing for, for the gym, right? That yep, yep right? that's entirely right. It's, it's, it's a line of... Um, uh, sort of all sort of um, like gin gin clothing that kind of thing. I mean, I think I think it's probably one of the fastest growing brands um, in the UK at present. I think it's currently valued at something like about 100 million pounds or something like that, uh, which is not bad for a 25 year old who owns it. So, <laughs> no, I think that's a pretty successful 25 years to be honest. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, can you tell me about a customer journey and how you, you or your, your company helped them get from wherever they were to, to where they were when you finished them? Right? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll talk about. Um, there's a, another customer that we, we dealt with. Um, the, the restaurant's called The Kiln. Um, it's based in Soho, up in London, and um, it's actually um, the guy who owns it is an ex M&B manager. So we had contact through him through M&B, and he literally just taken over this empty store right in the middle of Soho and wanted to open it up as um, uh, a restaurant. Um, being in Soho, it's really strict guidelines on the noises, the odours, and all that kind of thing. Um, 
And because he, he knew that we'd done a lot of work with harvesters and things like that, which is, again, it's noisy, it's odours, it smells, it's cooking and all that kind of thing. Uh, he come to us for that, that sort of um, expertise and knowledge. So um, we've done that. We installed a complete, huge, great turnkey system. I mean, I think the value of the project is like about £60,000, £70,000 um, for the system installed. But it literally had everything in there. And um, we installed our new road control systems in there and that kind of thing. So... And it was a, it's a huge, great restaurant. And uh, he's now, he's had that restaurant open with running with no problems. Council 100% satisfied with all the system installed. Um, the point where the smells are actually pumped out is right next door to the neighbour's house. Um, the neighbours are fine. There's, there's no noise. There's no smells. So the, the restaurant's able to function and operate. And um, the kiln, um, they've actually just been voted the UK's number one restaurant um, for 2018 wow. or so. It's, it's actually, it's a, it's a very strange restaurant because it's all um, uh, like Thai street food and the cooking's done on open fires on big like barbecues and that kind of thing. So it's not your average kind of, there's chip fries, that kind of thing. It's a huge amount of smoke and that kind of thing. So, but it's a massively, like I say, it's a massively successful restaurant. It's gone from sort of opening in within a two year period to be voting the, uh, the UK's number one restaurant. So. <laughs> it's impressive and that's all partly yeah. due to, I guess, your work and what you've done. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. A lot, a lot of the work that we do, and we still, we still now, um, the maintenance company now goes out and looks after that to make sure the system's still running. And again, it's a case of if they get any breakdowns, then they can't cook. If they, if our system's not working, they can't do any cooking at all. So obviously, if they can't cook, they've got no customers in the place. So, no, absolutely. Okay, um, so now we'd like to hear a bit more about your business journey so far. Uh, what does success mean to you, Robert? Oh, that's a funny one, isn't it? Because <laughs> success is, is, is so personal to each, in, each individual. But I think to me, I mean, a lot of people look at me and say, you're really successful. You know, we've got business running, multi-million pound turnover, that kind of thing. Um, we've got a, a sort of a lot of property and that kind of stuff as well. Passes out in Spain and things like that. But... To me, I still don't consider myself massively successful. Um, but I think, I think to me, success is more a case of being able to do what you want to do when you want to do it without being completely and utterly tied to the business. Um, I mean, I'm fortunate that in, in Nationwide, we employ 18 people now. So if I don't go into the office for a day, the place doesn't suddenly fall apart or the invoicing doesn't get done or the work doesn't get done. So to me, it means that, it means that freedom that if I want to, I can have a day out of the office, um, a day out of the business, or even a couple of weeks out of the business when we go after holiday, and, and know that the business still carries on running them up, the bills are being paid and that kind of thing. So that's, that to me is what it is, I suppose. Yeah, and then if you to take that to the, the next level, would you say when you can remove yourself completely, you're, you're more successful? Right? <laughs> probably, but the problem was we tried that a few years back. When I was probably around about, when I was turned around about 40, both me and John, the business partner, we said, right, what we'll do is we'll get a manager in. Let the manager run the place. And, um, you know, once, once, once we've done that, then we're free to do whatever we want with, which was great to start with. But after three weeks of sitting in your pants in the front room on the couch watching reruns of Jeremy Kyle, the wife's had enough. She's like, right, you've got to get out. <laughs> you've got to get out and do something. You're really sort of doing the heavy. So, <laughs> so it was like yeah. a case of, well, so we end up, in, in the end, yeah, after a few weeks of doing it, we end up coming back into the business because although it was nice to step out and have that complete amount of freedom, it was almost a case that there was too much freedom and it, it was trying to find something to do because, because I've still got younger children that are whether age 15, 16. Um, they have, they've, um, we've still got them, so we couldn't just, I mean, because we've always said once, once we get to a point, we'll retire and move out and live in our house in Spain. And, you know, that'll be it. But the kids are still of an age sure. where they're going to school. So 
we can't actually do that yet. So it was nice. It was a nice little experiment at the time, but um, you know, it, it didn't. It just didn't work for us. So we ended up we ended up coming back into the business, carried on to you know, carry on pushing it and running it. So yeah. Do you think you'll ever try that again, or do something different and try and move your time around, or you'll always like to be a, a key uh, cog, if you like. Uh, I'm not necessarily a key cog. Probably if you ask the people in here, I'll probably cause more mayhem than I do anything else when I turn up because I tend to tinker with things and play with things and, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> and start pissing people off because they're like, right, can you stop in the pit and just go away and leave us to run it and do this? So much as I kid myself that I'm in here and running things, I'm probably only, only causing more uh, more problems than actually solving. So, um, But no, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I like the business. We love doing what we do. Um, you know, I love the work. We travel, like I say, we travel all across the country. So it's, it's nice. And like I say, we've got nice people, we've got nice customers and that kind of thing. So it's nice to be involved in it. But I think ultimately down the line, obviously there will hit a point where if somebody makes us the right offer for the group, then we'll say, right, yeah, well, we can't really refuse. So... And then, then it'll probably be a case of, well, set something else up and get started again and do something else. So, Yeah. So, I mean, for, 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 I know a lot of people, uh, entrepreneurs particularly, uh, really enjoy kind of getting it started and get it kind of off the ground, but then get more bored on the day-to-day running of a business. Yeah. From what you said, that's kind of, you, kind of, you, you like the everyday stuff as well. The, 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 the everyday stuff, it's nice to keep your hands in and doing the everyday stuff. I mean, I, I know what people say, because obviously it's like, as all entrepreneurs are, we're great starters, but we're absolutely crap when it comes to running things down the line. And this is really why we've brought other people in um, in the business. I mean, we've got we've got fourteen. We've got management accountants. We've got designers. We've got um, salesmen. There's three sales guys now out running around doing it. Um, but yeah, I, I do still like to try and keep the hand in and do it. So um, I probably kid myself a little bit more, as in that I'm still doing it as good as I should be doing it or could be doing it. But um, you know, it, it's, yeah. what, it's what we do, and we still, like I say, still in, still enjoy doing some of the day-to-day stuff. Some of it becomes a bit of a bind, and that's when you employ somebody else to do it for you. But then <laughs> it's, it's what you can uh, what you can carry on doing that you enjoy, still enjoy doing. Like I say, I mean, I still turn up at the office um, five days a week, and yeah. you know, I'm here, I'm here most of the time, unless I'm out on site, so I don't do anything like that. So, okay. I mean, I know that you're a big fan of Rob Moore. I think Tim Ferriss as well, and, and they both said yeah. uh, in in well, uh, certainly in Rob's interview with me that um, one of the main things he needed to do was remove himself from from that and to be, to be doing other stuff because uh, he was just in the way and it, he was the, the biggest bottleneck of the business. Yeah, that's right. Do you think that that's partly for you, or do you think that it, it's yeah? It, it it could be it could be partly true. Yes, I would I would certainly wouldn't dis, uh, discount it because there, like I say, there are certain things where I go in and the sales guys and I start chasing them on stuff and I think I've, they've already done it. It's already been done. Think, oh, am I just wasting my time or wasting their time? So I, I think part of the the humble entre- setting up the humble entrepreneur is um, to go part and parcel with that to you know to try and give me something else to do and, and free a bit of that time to leave the guys in the office doing the jobs that they're supposed to be doing. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we're paying them to do. So, yeah. Um, and what, um, I know there has been lots of different definitions on entrepreneur. What do you think it means for you? Well, it's a funny one because my, my big, my big, big issue with entrepreneur is you've got these programs like the Dragons Den where you get people turn up, they've got a handful of Vista Print business card, a daft idea that's been validated by their family, fools, and friends. And, you know, a stupid valuation on a business yep. of like three quarters of a million pounds. And then they're suddenly right, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. Well, to me, I'd like to see, I like to see my entrepreneurs with a few more battle scars than that. You know, not someone that's just fresh out of university. I'm not saying they're not there, because like I said, Ben, 
who runs Gymshark, obviously that's where he is, but then you've got the likes of people like Rob Moore. Now, Rob Moore to me, lovely bloke. I mean, we were out on the, uh, the, the boxing show that we were talking about earlier. He's actually, he's the one that got me invited to it. Um, but he's more the kind of entrepreneur that I think of, you know, the larger scale, multiple businesses, um, multi-million pound turnover, that kind of thing. Not just, not just one little business, one idea, um, you know, and they've sort of got to the stage where they can actually walk out of business and they can go off like Rob does. He goes all around the country uh, interviewing people and doing his podcast, that kind of thing. So to me, an entrepreneur is somebody that's, that's good. Yes, they've set up businesses. They've, you know, they've taken the risk and they're still taking the risk now. But um, they've, they've had a few more battle scars. They've got a bit of history behind them as well, shall we say. Yeah. No, I would completely agree with that. Very good. Um... So, uh, so, what advice would you give yourself starting out, Robert? Ooh, there's a number of <laughs> there's a, there's a few different ones. I mean, the, the biggest one, the biggest <laughs> biggest one for me is never take your eye off the ball. Never take your eye off the ball with the finances, because um, as soon as you do that, it kind of slips away, um, uh, and it's you spend all that time getting everything right, and then you lose lose the, uh, the finance the capital that you've had built up in business. Um, and the second one to me is, um, and it's one thing my business partner always says to me, and that's uh, talks cheap. What I mean by that is people turn around and say, yeah, I'm going to do that, and it never happens. So um, just, just don't, believe, don't believe everything that people tell you. You know, if they say something, get them to back it up, get them to actually validate it, rather than just say, yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, make them quantify when it's going to be done by, you know, how they're going to do it, that kind of thing. So, because there's too many people just turn around and say, yeah, I'll get that done for you, no problem. And then two, three weeks later down the line, you're still chasing that person on the same thing, so... Yeah, and then certainly I found the same thing time and time again. Everyone says the same. Talk means nothing, and your actions say everything. Yeah, that's entirely right. Yeah, it's it's, it's all about it's like I say, talk cheap is the actions that actually count. The actual the, the actual then going off and doing it. So. Yeah, absolutely. I know we've got a couple more people watching now. So if anyone does have any questions uh, coming up, we are coming to the end of our, our scripted questions now. So if there is anything out, anyone else out there that has got questions for Robert. Um, either about the humble entrepreneur or the, the, the ventilation stuff or even his time in business. Uh, he'll be sharing his top tips in just a moment, so uh, we'll come to that in just a second. Um, so, Robert, what is the biggest mistake you've ever made in business? Uh, taking the eye off the ball. <laughs> yeah, okay. It, when, when I say that, taking the eye off the ball, what we had in it's, it's, it's quite a long story, but I'll condense it right down because I know we're coming towards the end. Basically, the long and short of it was, yeah. at the time, we had a really trusted employee working for us. It's actually our in-house accountant, and uh, it turned out, we ended up finding out that he actually fleeced the company for about 15, 20 grand's worth of money that he shouldn't have had out. And it all turns out that that was, to, believe it or not, that turned out to actually fund his stamp collection. That's what he had, he had the money out from. And um, <laughs> the thing was, although, although um, we'd, we'd taken our eye off the ball with him because we thought he was such a good, trusted and valuable employee. Um, so it's really just that kind of, you know, whilst, yes, now you do, you do still have trusted value that employees, just, you know, making sure we are quantifying what they're doing is actually right rather than just leading them to it. So would you ever employ anyone again who had a stamp, stamp collection? <laughs> Probably not. I'd be, a little, I'd be a little bit wary. I'd, I'd certainly, uh, certainly get a few references. Because, I mean, the, the guy was fantastic. I mean, like I say, he, he, he did everything. I mean, he was, a, he was an avid church man. And believe it or not, he actually did the books for the local church as well. So, you know, it was all of it. Um, I mean, in the end, we did actually manage to get a lot of the money back. Um, so it, it wasn't too bad. But, yeah, it, it was a, a little bit of a, a scary moment at the time. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, and what would you say was the biggest challenge you've had to face so far? Um, the biggest challenge is probably, because we're quite seasonal in the work we do, um, it, it, it's come summertime. So what happens is, um, summertime, the August period, all the schools shut, and everybody then wants, uh, they all want their... They, they all want their schools doing. So we can go from doing maybe a school a month, a couple of schools a month to, I mean, when the, we had our big peak of schools was when Jamie Oliver, God bless him, turned around and got it all sorted for everyone to get free school dinners and that kind of thing. So the schools were all going crazy. Yeah. And that year, in that August, we had, um, I think it was 24 schools we had to turn around in a, in a four-week period. So it's just trying to pull it all together. And you, you've gone from sort of, um, turning over a small amount to a massive amount and then it's trying to fund that because obviously you've got increased cost materials, you've got increased cost in labour and it's even just trying to find the labour because you know that after the, after the summer period ends then it's a case of where well, the work's going to drop back down to a sensible, uh, sensible level so that we can, um, you know, it, it was just trying to find the right subcontract labour to fulfil the, the needs of all the projects without actually sort of falling over and losing the ball and dropping any of the projects. So. Yeah. So I, I've got another question that goes, what was on my screen? Now my laptop's turned off as well. So another thing broken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure the next question on my, my well-organized list uh, was, can you give us your top three tips of sales, which is what we mentioned at the beginning. Uh, you've been in business 15 years. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, somewhere around that period. So. Yeah, so a lot of experience, a lot of sales, and no doubt having to deal with a lot of uh, maybe rejection and, and uh, objections uh, during the sales cycle. So what maybe be your, your top three tips on, on sales? Um, right, top three tips. The first one I'd always say is um, the best time to chase and look for sales is when you've got sales. I know it sounds a bit counter, but trust me, when you've got a full order book, like we do, what happens is you have a full order book, say, come in August, you've got loads of sales, and then come up, you're so busy fulfilling those sales that you're forgetting to look down the line to the next month. So September, you go from invoicing 300 grand, say, in August, to, Christ, we've got nothing for September. So it's when you are busy, that's the time to go and do it. It's a bit like when they turn around and say, when, the best time to go networking is when you don't need the work. So it's exactly the same kind of thing. So go out and look for the sales and keep that, keep that pipeline of work going while, while you are... Um, while you are still still fully busy. So, because the problem is you get to a point where you're chasing sales and then you start doing silly things like, you're, oh, right, I'll do that. And you're virtually doing stuff at cost just to make sure you've got a few sales through the door to cover the bases to make sure the guys are happy. So it's, it's really just um, making sure you, you know, when you are fully busy, then still carry on chasing the work. Don't just take your eye off the ball and uh, follow up and make sure that you get all those leads and convert it so that you've got them for the, the future months down the line. So. Yeah, fantastic advice. No, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. I know uh, most entrepreneurs, myself especially, go from uh, feasting, having loads and loads and loads of business. Then you're not doing any marketing or, or anything at all. Then you suddenly have no business at all, and then it goes up and down, <laughs> up and down. That's all. I, I, my 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 entire model is just like this. Yep. Exactly what you've said there. Yeah. It's feast and famine. Approach. So, yeah. Uh, couldn't yeah, couldn't agree with you more on that one. Yeah. Uh, tip number two, please, brother. Uh, tip number two would be make sure you're fishing in the right pool. Sounds daft, but you get so many people. I mean, it'd be like me. If I walked in to say um, a four networking meeting, now I've, I've been in four networking, in and out, dropping in and out for a while, but for me to try and walk into a four networking meeting and say to you, right, um, I've got a ventilation system, I can build it, it's completely bespoke, off the ground, would you like to buy it? It's going to cost you 27 to 30 grand. They're going to go, well, you know, it's, you're just trying to sell it in totally the wrong place. So 
And I get so many people contact me through uh, forums about sales and stuff like that. And I say to them, look, make sure you are actually trying to sell your product in the right place. Because there's so many people that just think, right, I'll just go in here and sell it. Everyone will want to buy it. They don't because... Four N, for example, is a slightly smaller micro businesses, so they haven't got the kind of budgets that the larger businesses have. So it's it's making sure you're pitching your products to the right people at the right time. So, like I say, it's sort of that that whole fishing in the right pool. Absolutely, and I'm I'm curious where you would uh, where you might pitch your business then yourself. Uh, our, our business is slightly more. Is a lot of what we do is actually um, it's more business to business. Uh, what we do, we, we work for a lot of catering firms, and we don't deal that often with the end user direct. Um, but a lot of a lot of the work from that would be uh, generated from things like um, uh, the restaurant show, which is in October. Places like that, trade shows. That's where we, if we was pitching for any customers, that's where we'd go to find the work. So, right, sounds good. Uh, tip number three, then, please, Robert. Yeah, nice, short, little, simple one, and that's ask for the sale. Ask for that order. So many people do all the hard work. They turn around, they get it all to the point of doing it. The person's ready. They're sat there, ready to rock and roll and buy it. And it's like, right, we're off. We're going to do some, move on to the next customer. Actually, stop, stand there and say, right, we've done everything. Agreed, it's all good. Can I have the order? So many people are so frightened of actually asking for that order. They've done all the hard work. Like I say, they've done all the pitching, they've done the proposals, but they're actually frightened to actually say, right, we're now there. Can I actually have an order? Can we confirm this, please? Any tips to asking that in another way, maybe? Or just, just ask? Uh, just shut up and do it. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's simple. I mean, you're there in front of somebody, and they know you're trying to sell to them. So, I mean, nobody really likes being sold to, but, you know, just, you've just got to keep it nice, friendly. You know, the easiest, the easiest way to get somebody to agree with you is to, to get them on your side. Just keep smiling with them, keep laughing, joking, that kind of thing. And then just say to them, look, we are now, you know, we're at the point where we, you know, we've done this. Have you got any other objections or is there anything else that we can clarify for you? If not, we're at the point now where we need to move forward. So can we place the orders? Can we move forwards? Yeah. Great. Uh, sounds good. Thank you for sharing those tips with us. Um, no so that is all the questions on what we've covered so far. Is there anything else you want to kind of delve into with uh, either your other businesses or you think we haven't covered off uh, any other questions there? No, no, I think we're pretty good. I think we've, uh, we've covered enough to keep people interested for a while. So, Good stuff. Uh, I will check the comments now. I'm going to see them on my phone, see if we have got any other questions in the meantime. Did you see, I know you've, you've shared the, the post a couple of times before we went yeah. live as well. So I don't know if you saw any questions from anyone else. I, I, I didn't because I've literally just, I've run from one other place to come back here to do it. So I've not had time. I was, I was, I was barely managed to get my breath back before we went live. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. And yet, you know, that I've, I've obviously had all sorts of struggles from this side. So I may yeah. have missed them a as few, well. A few check issues. Um, yeah, if there is any other questions, I'll, I'll post them on this 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 video, yeah. or I'm sure if you can uh, message Robert directly, um, either on this on his link on this post, or um, uh, to sorry to, to one of his pages, uh, which I'll put we'll get him to put the links to underneath uh, as well. Uh, okay, uh, so that is fantastic. So uh, it doesn't seem to be any other questions I can see at the moment. I'll wrap it up there. Uh, but thank you to uh, Robert Terry again for joining me on this edition of Quiz Your Biz. Tune in next time, which will be on Wednesday, where 
we're not sure who's going to be interviewing who at the moment. Uh, we're still very much up in the air uh, and the schedule needs to be put together. I know there is a lot of people that have been messaging and saying, when are they on, when are they on? Uh, and there, is the, the, there aren't dates on many things yet. Uh, both me, myself, Reese, and Rachel have all been juggling lots of other stuff. So it is coming. There will be a new schedule soon and uh, and hopefully we'll get some more dates in the diary. Uh, well, no, thanks again, Robert. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks and, for your time, Dan. Uh, thanks for your time. All right, have yeah. a safe journey on. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Robert. Bye. Quiz your